football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy schedule with me here on the pod. I am joined by a co-worker, a friend, Sean Drotar, one half of the fan late night, along with the legendary Sandy Clough. Sean is often reacting to the games immediately as they're ending, and I think uh, is uniquely qualified to come in here and rap about the Nuggets, who I thought, Sean, about five or six minutes into the Sunday afternoon showcase, primetime, ABC, about five or six minutes into that, I was picturing, as we were already scheduled to come in here, I'm like, are we about to come in and react to maybe the worst Nuggets weekend in recent memory uh, after a brutal Friday night loss at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game that was really the largest game of the year? Um, up until that point, unequivocally, and they blew it. They got beat uh, at home. They gave up 136 points uh, to the Timberwolves, and the way that the Lakers game started, I'm like, are the wheels coming off this basketball team? Uh, Now, they didn't play great against the Lakers, but it was enough uh, to win in L.A., 129-118. A lot to unpack here uh, from over the weekend. Yeah, and thanks for having me, Zach. It's, It's fun to be here, and Obviously, for this Nuggets team, you're right. I was looking at it and thinking much the same thing. There is no question that this team is tired. I don't think there's any any doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, thanks to this Lakers when they've won for their last five. But yet that Minnesota loss was, given what was in front of them, that they really just came out flat for, didn't look ready for. Uh, it, was, it was a disappointing performance, even though the game ended up being reasonably close score-wise. But, yes, the, the bounce back for the Lakers is good. Nikola Jokic did what he has done all year, uh, carried them across the finish line. Yep. And that's a reason why this team is tired. You can see it. Uh, the fact that Jokic is still putting up the numbers he is while carrying the load, you know, you can get into MVP discussion any way you'd like. And if the Nuggets don't have Jokic win it again, it's because they finished in fifth or sixth place. That'll be the only reason. Because nobody has a heavier lift night after night in the entire league than no Nikola Jokic. No question. Nobody. Yeah, it's incredible. We're going to get into the MVP conversation here shortly because the odds have shifted again in Jokic's favor. You called it, by the way. Day one, you called it. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and the well, the, the phrase that I used um, on quote-unquote day one, it was the day of game number one as we were doing a, a, a remote broadcast, um, was undeniable case. Jokic has to put together an undeniable case, and I believe that he, he would, and he has, and he sort of – um, in a roundabout way, indirectly painted the MVP voters into a corner that if you voted for that guy last year, like so many did, and creating this, you know, Ronald Reagan type of landslide victory for Jokic, um, I don't know how you don't cast that same vote this year. 
I, I just don't know how you do it. He has uh, exceeded his MVP season, but he didn't. He hasn't just edged it out. It's substantially so in every single framework that you would want to look at for the award. He's checking the box. And, and, and I don't know if it's going to be the same type of landslide once the votes are counted, but I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I really don't. Obviously, there was that big straw poll that ESPN had uh, last week that had 100 different members voting on it, including two from every market yep. and a bunch of national. And it was a, a landslide out of those 100 voters. 95 had Jokic either first or second. Right. I mean, that tells you all you need to yep. know. And it was at 62 first place votes, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was dominant. Yep. And some of the splits between Giannis and Embiid. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I like all three of these players. I think Giannis would get my vote if it wasn't Jokic. I think it's going to end up like that. And I think if there is a person that beats him, it's not going to be Embiid. It will be Giannis because where his team finishes. And there have been guys with arguments right up until the injury. I think John Morant had an argument. I think if you could ignore the first two months of his season, Luka Doncic would have an argument because since the calendar's turned to 2022, I'm not sure how many players have been better in all of basketball. But Jokic consistently and with the least help. Yep continues to do what he does. Just think about removing him from this team. Now, obviously, Murray and Porter Jr. are out, but that's life. Who is their best player? It might be Bones Highland. On some nights, it is. We're we're talking about this on air today uh, uh, on our Stokely and Zach show with James Merrillat, and we're like, how many wins would the Nuggets have if it weren't for Jokic? 20, 25? But that's kind of where I think we we topped it out at 30, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, And the on-off numbers speak to that. When he's on the floor and when he's off the floor, it's the largest discrepancy in the league. And that's why, like, there's no, there's no angle you can uh, point to in terms of raw numbers, advanced stats, uh, the context of it, the eye test. Like, he, he's checking all the boxes. I, I can't believe this team still has a shot to win 50 games. One more win and they're going to clear their season total of 47 and a half. Right. That was with the assumption that Jamal Murray was already back for a while now and MPJ was healthy the whole time. And they're still going to clear that? Sean, that's insanity. It is amazing. There is no one quite like him. And it's been fun to, to cover him because we're seeing something in a lot, of, a lot of ways that has not ever been seen. And we're watching it happen in real time. I mean, you're talking about a guy when it comes to numbers that are dominant across the board that takes over games. You're really talking about Nikola Jokic and Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, that's it. When, when you're talking about that, that entire all-around game, I mean... You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as great as he was as a scorer, wasn't a passer. No. Well, it wasn't a, uh, Jokic is a passer. As uh, you Really, you have to go back to Chamberlain. When you're talking about who's your comp, it's Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, and that's really what you're doing, even though the, the uh, from, from an athletic standpoint, the two guys could not be any different than they are. It's so but true. The job gets done the way it gets done. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, man, it's a different type of dominant, but dominant nonetheless. The Nuggets have three games left in the season against the Spurs, against the Grizz, and against the Lakers at home. Uh, Jokic is 72 points, and this is insane. I'm I'm stealing this from Ryan Blackburn. Did not look it up myself, so shout out. But Nikola Jokic is 72 points and 14 rebounds away from becoming the very first 2,000-point, 1,000-rebound, 500-assist man in NBA history. It's remarkable. Here's more context. Jokic has scored 35 points on 65% shooting in three consecutive games. It ties the longest streak in NBA history. There's four other guys to ever do that. Shaq in 93, Barkley in 1990, 
Adrian Dantley in 82, and again, Wilt Chamberlain in 1967. All Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. And Jokic is becoming this uh, current player who you just know is going to be a no-doubter, first-ballot type of guy. Jokic has scored 232 points with a 70% field goal percentage over his last seven games. No player in NBA history has scored more points over a seven-game span in which they've shot at least 70% from the field. It's un- 70. It's unprecedented. 70. I mean, think about that. It's just unprecedented in the literal sense of the word. We've never seen anything like it. He's removed all doubt. And despite LeBron James uh, not playing in the game and the Lakers not being very good, all right, let's just admit that, uh, Jokic still goes out and scores 38 points, grabs 18 rebounds, six six assists, had three steals, and two blocks. The game was not friendly to start. For Jokic, he actually looked a little bit clumsy. Uh, assist uh, turnovers on the first two possessions. It was weird. It was like he's and, and that's the ball been a around. bit of a bugaboo of late. If you want to look at maybe sure. a one ward on the Mona Lisa, it's been mm-hmm. that. No, the, you're... the turnovers have been an issue, and they've gotten worse as the season's gone along. No, it's a really good point that that has been an issue with Jokic, uh, uncharacteristically. But the more it keeps on happening, we got to keep our eye on it. Um, I'm not used to him turning the ball over five times in the first eight minutes. That was that was disturbing. The Nuggets, had a, as a team, um, just didn't look ready for the moment to start. And then they settled in, man. They settled in uh, after that first quarter They were uh, um, in which they were outscored and on pace for 28 turnovers. I think they went 0 for uh, – I think it was 0 for 6 from 3 to start the game. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? This is, this is so, such typical Nuggets because LeBron doesn't play in the game. It should be a W uh, definitively for, from how bad these Lakers have been. And there they are playing to their competition. And that actually kind of was the case. I mean, this was a tied game in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Nuggets ultimately pull away. Uh, so so kudos. But, man, I had some doubts uh, throughout this one. Like, man, is this going to be an ugly loss? Yes, I, I was concerned about it, too. It, they, they just played so poorly. But by the time they got to halftime and the, the clumsy, really foolish foul on Will Barton that allowed him to get three free throws at the halftime. That was a big moment in that it game. Away, it really like- was. Because the Nuggets had played, quite frankly, very badly, with the exception of probably Aaron Gordon, yep. who was who was really really good in that first half. But they were ahead, and so you realize, you know what? They're not going to be at their best. But even with Anthony Davis having a pretty good game, they still might be able to steal this, and uh, they were able to do so. And it's because look, Denver center was better than the Lakers down the stretch, and it really became a mano a mano fight. Jokic won. It it, it did become uh, a mano a mano fight, and. You know, for as much as we talk about um, Jokic's offense, he has gotten so much better defensively. I mean, seriously. He does like, not get the credit for it. No, he doesn't. And it, sometimes it takes a while to shake old, um, you know, not narratives because it was true, but uh, like reputations. Right. You know, it takes sometimes a while. And, you know, Jokic, it's not just the, the game-winning blocks, which we know we, he has three of those this year. Uh, but his post-defense on Anthony Davis down the stretch was just – it was it was everything. It was exactly what the Nuggets needed, and um, he he deserves a credit for that end of the floor. And that's with uh, out fouling in a lot of cases. He got in foul trouble early. Yep. Specifically, you're facing a, a Lakers team, especially players with a lot of uh, star power that tend to get calls. And you are starting to see Jokic get those a little bit now as well. He gets a little more uh, leeway from time to time. But yeah, it's uh, the the defense. I think has maybe been the biggest increase the biggest improvement because there are a lot of ways. I mean, you know, you, you know, Zach, uh, 
there are a lot of different ways to defend. It's positioning. It's cutting, knowing where the man wants to go and making him go the other direction where he doesn't want to go. Getting him to his weak side. Getting the ball into the other hand. There are all sorts of subtler ways to, to play defense besides just blocking shots or contesting shots. That's the part that Jokic has gotten much better at as he's lost a little weight and gotten better shape, too. Yep. His ability to just shuffle from side to side, just position himself. He's got a big body, a big frame. He's hard to get around. If he's just cutting off angles, it makes a difference in the way the, the defense functions. And it's not only him, but if he's cutting off people to getting to the basket from the angles that they'd like to, the entire team's defense becomes better. You wouldn't notice it at times because the Nuggets give up a tremendous number of points. They really but do. it does seem that sometimes at the right times, they do come up with stops. They do come up with turnovers. And all of that, it, it's kind of funny for a guy that was a weakness a few years ago on defense. He's almost the center of it, where the rest of it comes from. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. It's true. Uh, the Nuggets team defense is not, not very good. All right. Uh, they've given up a, a ton of points here as of late, like really in the last month or so. Um, have really, that's been uh, the, the weak spot of the team, and ultimately something that I do think is going to cost them in a major way in the NBA playoffs, um, keeping guys in front of them. Just, just just like normal perimeter defense, they really struggle with. Uh, and you saw a little bit of that uh, yesterday from Westbrook uh, and Malik Monk uh, in spots that they just, you know, Nuggets defenders can get blown by. So, But I'll say this, you know, Westbrook played great. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, was good, and they lost. Now, again, let, let's just double back, uh, circle back to, to something I said a minute ago. This is not a good Lakers team. They are bad, man. They like like this this win unto itself doesn't sort of rearrange my outlook on the Nuggets. Uh, I think the Nuggets are in trouble in the playoffs unless Jamal Murray comes back, and we can talk about that here in a minute. But man, like this this Lakers team. Uh, I feel like I'm. It's like 2004, and I'm watching like Brian Grant and Chris Mim and uh, <laughs> Sasha Vujacic. Uh, just like who are these guys? Um, although with these guys, we know their names. Most are just not great anymore. Uh, this is a team that I, I can't believe the Lakers are 16 games under 500. Sean, that is insane. This at the beginning of the year. The favorites in, in, in Vegas. And, of course, that is that is less analysis in many ways and more just presuming what people think, right? Just the general public thinks. The presumed finals matchup was the Nets and the Lakers. Yeah. Here are the Lakers out of the playoffs entirely as it stands as we record this. 31 games out of the top spot in the West. And here are the Brooklyn Nets, who uh, congratulations on qualifying on the play-in, I guess, that are sitting there in 10th. At 40 and 38. Incredible. I mean, these two teams are not very good. And the Lakers in particular, you know, the Lakers are 11th, but they're 16 games under 500, at least in Nets, and 10th or two over. I I remember there was a preseason segment, and it was a a graphic of, like, LeBron, AD, Westbrook. Carmelo. Carmelo, uh, uh, AD, if I didn't say him. And and it was like, who's going to beat these guys? And themselves, I think, as it turns right, out, right, right, as it turns out. But I remember Kendrick Perkins being like, I think it was Kendrick Perkins, like it was, like these guys could win. I think he said sixty games or something like that, or they could win sixty-five. And he was debating with people on TV, and it's like, dude, they're not going to win thirty-five, which again, it's just stunning. And LeBron, with their season on the line, chooses to rest his ankle after just playing two days prior. 
What did you make of of that decision, and what do you think it it, it signals, if anything? From well, I, th- I think what it signals is he he is really hurting. Uh, I think that's more than anything. He's really, really hurting. It's difficult to play on. Obviously, this is a guy that I, I don't believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe he's ever missed the playoffs. No, he's never missed the playoffs. Uh, well, no, uh, his first season, I think, in first Cleveland, season. they didn't make. So it. it's been like 20 years. Yeah. So I, I presume he would like to make the playoffs, and. That tells me that he really is hurting. The other thing he hasn't had, he's had one scoring title in his career. It's mm-hmm. kind of amazing when you mm-hmm. think about yep. it. He's going to have to play in the next three games to qualify. I think he's got to play in two or of the two, three. Two of the three. Yeah, I think you're right. Two, two of the three. three. So I, I, I don't necessarily think he's maybe thinking of it for himself, but we'll see because the Nuggets and the Lakers, of course, it's have hilarious, this regular it? season finale it's in just hilarious. a couple. Is that the one where LeBron goes full George Gervin and decides just everybody feed it to me? I need 78 points to get the... The scoring title, if we're going to miss the playoffs anyway, I don't know. No, that actually may be the singular focus of that final game here, that's, which is right around the corner. I can't believe how quickly we're here at the end of the season. It's going to be um, one week from yesterday. So we're recording this. It's 2.30 in the afternoon on Monday, April 4th. Uh, next Sunday, It's that's it. And it's in Denver. Is he trying to win the scoring title while in Denver for that final game? That could be... Uh, you know, Lakers always draw interest, but that could be a fun ticket to be at to to, to see LeBron try to win that scoring title because you could see about forty five shots uh, put up there. Um, let's talk about some of the like MVPs of the game uh, when you take out Jokic, and we're talking about the game on Sunday afternoon on ABC against the Lakers. When you take out Jokic, who is the obvious MVP with thirty eight points, eighteen rebounds, and six assists, who comes to mind? Because I, th- I think there's a couple fun candidates here besides Jokic. Besides Jokic. Well, I mean, the, the two that immediately come are Embiid and, and Giannis. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The MVP of the game. Oh, for for oh, f- uh, for the Nuggets yeah, and the Lakers. The, yep. Pardon me. Uh, that's uh, Aaron Gordon. I think is is the guy that you'll you'll look at first. I thought Gordon was really good. He's he's had a good year of, as as Bruce Lee said, being water. Right. If they needed rebounding, they got rebounding. If they needed some defense, they got defense. Uh, if they, you know, he was kind of doing a little bit of everything. But as this season has gone along, the Nuggets have needed a lot more from Aaron Gordon when it comes to scoring. And especially in this last week, he really has turned it up, and he has been more aggressive. He has. And I think it's benefited the Nuggets to do so. Uh, His personality type, and that was part of the challenge for him in in Orlando, he's not the guy that says, give me the rock, I'm going to go win us the game. That's just not who he is. And that's fine. You can be a successful player if you're not that type. But... The Nuggets do need to lean on him more than than they have, and I think he gets that now. Early in the season, I think he was content with, I'll grab some rebounds, I'll shut this guy down, uh, we'll let Jokic do his thing, but now it's not enough. And give him credit, because again, he continues to evolve into whatever the Nuggets need on that night, and now that there's getting to be some consistency in scoring, uh, it changes the dynamic. But I think by by far, uh, he was the single most significant player beyond uh, Jokic, though it was nice to see Will Barton have a reasonably good game. Didn't do much else but score. But it's been a to me, it's been a really rough year for Will Barton. It, it, it has. I want to. I want to talk the... about guys that get blown by with regularity. Oh my gosh, he looks like a workout His candidate cone. number one. He looks yeah. like a workout cone half the time. Uh, I want to hit the pause button on him for just a second uh, and return to the AG conversation. Uh, he was great in that second quarter when they needed him. Jokic was in foul trouble. Uh, Aaron Gordon going for 14 points in that 12-minute stretch in the second quarter was just so massive. Um, and you're seeing him sort of wake up a little bit. 
through the first three quarters of March, he was not very good. Like his his numbers took a dive from um let, let's just take a look at him from three. He shot thirty six percent in the month of February from three. That dropped to in the low twenties in the month of March. And if you take out the last four games of March, it might have been like maybe shooting eight percent from three. I mean, it was that bad. But you're seeing him, you referenced the last two games against the T Wolves and the Lakers, uh sort of waking up twenty four points apiece. I, I think that's massive. Uh, he looks like he has a little bit more life to him here uh, as of late. And then Barton, man, you talk about a guy who, like, needed a bounce-back game in the worst kind of way. He's just not been not very good this season. Let's just admit it. There's no. been some moments for Barton, but on the whole, with a broad stroke, it's been like a D-minus season for Will Barton. And on, I don't have his numbers in front of me from the uh, Timberwolves game, but it was one of the worst games that I've seen him play. Defensively, just... An abomination, and I I have it here now. He was three for twelve, three for twelve from the field, one for five uh, from three. Uh, just so much. Uh, he was the best version of his twenty twenty two self. He started the game slow, and so so I was like hypersensitive to it coming off a of Friday night. Um, he plays, uh, and I don't. It was like 10, 11, 12 minutes or whatever it was in the first quarter, maybe ten minutes. Didn't have a point. Didn't have a rebound. Didn't have an assist. But that point moving forward, man, 8 of 12 from the floor, made six threes, got to the free throw line, made three of four. Again, defensively still leaves a lot to be desired, but he was kind of what the doctor ordered on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, they need that Will Barton a lot more. I mean, the, this team just does not get a lot of consistent scoring, and that's the truth of it. But if you get outside of Barton and Jokic, and I, I include Gordon in that, who is not a consistent scorer, uh, Barton and Jokic, the next consistent scorer on the team is probably Highland. Yeah. And maybe after that, DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> Which is because scary. you don't know what you'll get in any given game out of uh, Jermichael Green or, or Jeff Green when he plays or Monte Morris, who yep. in, in this game with the Lakers shot one for nine. Yeah, he struggled offensively. So you just don't know what you're going to get out of these uh, the, the scoring here. And I think with Bryn Forbes completely falling out of the lineup for whatever reason, uh, you've lost some scoring punch and you've lost some three-point shooting. And the Nuggets have to find a way to make it up with who they've gotten or Michael Malone needs to decide that, Forbes needs to go back in and maybe is a better fit than Davon Reed or uh, who knows. But, yes, they, they have to get more consistent scoring. And until they do, they're going to be very vulnerable in the playoffs to whomever no they No doubt. Play. No doubt. That's, that's just the facts. Um, in addition to those sort of Robin roles to Jokic's Batman on Sunday afternoon on ABC, if there was like another subset of sidekick hero, I think you got to give a bunch of credit to um, – Boogie Cousins and Davon Reed. I mean, Boogie had his own stretch during the game um, in that uh, first portion of the fourth quarter where it was just massive. I mean, he played just a massive role, went six of nine uh, from the floor, uh, 14 points. He was a plus four. Not only did he not, you know, hurt the Nuggets, which he has uh, in the past legitimately, he was one of the reasons that they won. Boogie. Yeah, especially given the fact that Jokic was in foul trouble. Yep. I mean, you had you had to, and you've, you referenced this earlier, Zach. When Jokic is off the floor, this team tends to just bleed points. And the end result is Jokic has to come back quickly. Well, now he gets in foul trouble earlier than usual. And, and remember, by the way, against the Timberwolves, you remember Boogie's game? Five minutes? Yeah, five minutes. Was five he... fouls yeah. and a minus 12? In five minutes, yes. and this is the kind of so game bad. that you get from DeMarcus every once in a while. And, and 
he needs to focus, and when he's focused, he can be this kind of player, like you saw on, on Sunday. He's still got the ability to do that. Yep, under control. But he's got to stay under control. And, and when he does, he can really be a valuable asset. But when he doesn't, uh, you see things slip away, and you can play Jokic 38, 40 minutes, and it's still not going to matter. Yeah. The, the Nuggets, on it's, a, it's sort of a shame that it falls to Boogie so much because I don't know how you looked at it. In the entire offseason, I, I kept – Complaining about a lack of any size behind Jokic, a lack of any kind of size, rim protection, rebounding. It really wasn't there because this is a small team anyway. You know, Jeff Green, kind of a slight guy. Sure. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, undersized as a four. There's just not a lot of rim protection and rebounding. And they chose to go into the season without anybody legitimately backing I up know. Jokic. Yep. And you have to think at this point, even though they are going to have a very good season, uh, they'll probably win two of the next three, put them at 49 wins or so. I don't think they're going to beat the Grizzlies, who are a team that absolutely matchup as a nightmare Agreed. against the Nuggets. Agreed. But you look at a couple games and think, you know, here and there, if they had maybe had a better backup to Jokic, they steal two, three more. And now we're talking 52-win right games. That. Now they're a top-four team. I think you're right about that, Sean. I, I do. Um, and that's not on Cousins. That was on the Nuggets front office for yeah, I was gonna say, the lack that, of foresight yep, there. That, yep. Look, if I could see it, sure. they should have been able to see it. Sure. Yeah, they were, they were late uh, on that one. Uh, and then the other guy who deserves his own sort of dedicated shout-out shout is Davon Reed, who about once a month plays a game like this, and uh, they needed it. They needed uh, his uh, <clears throat> his offense yesterday, which is, you know, problematic if you need Davon Reed, but it felt like they needed all those 10 points that he put up there. He's he's had, the, like you said, about once a month. There, there are some things about Davon Reed that, that you, you like. He's a back-of-the-bench guy, and I think he's been a – pretty good addition for back of the bench i'm still trying to figure out why forbes isn't getting any minutes a guy you traded for who seemed to provide some shooting and i understand that michael malone looks at it and he'd like to see more defense but with all due respect to davon reed or, or austin rivers i don't think they're stoppers i'm not really sure austin reed is, austin rivers pardon me is shut down right. i know davon reed hasn't done anything like that but yeah you're right it, it, one it's not great when you need davon reed but at least if you do need davon reed He's it's nice for him to step up and, and get it done. So that's obviously a, a good performance there, and it really does. Uh, this was a game that if they would have lost, you're exactly right. Oh, dude. You lose Timberwolves, you lose oh, this dude. one. You do wonder, is this team totally out of gas? Are they just going to cruise to the finish line and end up in the play-in and end up you know, one game and out? I mean, you, what were you looking at? It seemed like it was a possibility. But... Fortunately, they, they do find a way to get this one done on Sunday, or we'd have a very different discussion right now. No, no doubt about it. Uh, it keeps uh, the vibe sort of good for now. Um, for me, and I talked about this on the air uh, today, it doesn't do anything for me uh, in terms of their playoff uh, you know, ceiling or uh, life, but you're hearing whispers that Jamal Murray could be coming back. There's just three games left. Where do you fall on? I, I, I've talked uh, uh, about this a good amount, so I'll just sort of reset. If it were me, I would play the the conservative approach, and I've been referring since November. This is the year before the year. I do believe next year the Nuggets can win an NBA championship or be in the finals. That 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 are is realistic goals, and I just don't sit here today with those same realistic goals, even with the reintegr- reintegration of Jamal. That's sort of where I'm at, and I take the mutual fund conservative approach, but I know reasonable minds can disagree well, on this one. I, I'm, I'm with you because that's the answer, right? I think you just have to project out big picture. If Jamal Murray comes back in any capacity, do the Nuggets win the NBA title this year, realistically? I don't think so. No. Could they next year? Yeah. 
then no, you don't rush him back. And and no more of an expert than Nikola Jokic said so after the game against Minnesota, mm, yeah. where where I was a little uncomfortable. And I talked about that on my show, Sandy and Sean, and we do the uh, the the fans post game show and talked about it in that post game show. In that one, Monte Morris talked about Jamal's ready, mentally ready. He's, He's mentally ready. ready, right? And to his credit, all year long, Michael Malone has sort of tamped down anything with Porter and with Murray, which is smart. If you're a head coach, you have to go and tell the guys in the room, the guys that are here are the guys we're going in there mm-hmm. with. Don't worry about guys mm-hmm. who aren't here. Yep. But he's tamped that down. And then after that game, I think that loss to Minnesota maybe sparked a little something because even Michael Malone said, well, you know, we're, we're, we keep hope alive. If we get out of the play-in, we have an extra week. Keep hope alive. I thought that was, unfortunately – Somewhat unfair to Jamal Murray because this is a guy that's a competitor. Now you hear his coach, his teammates kind of saying, well, you know, maybe he's ready to come back. And, and you ask a guy who may or may not be physically ready to come back. Remember, the the schedule was so skewed last year because of COVID, right? He bought that ACL on April 12th. It's April 4th. It hasn't even been a year. Oh, has it not been a year? I because thought it remember, a year. because remember, everything extended out because of the way the COVID situation worked. His knee, he hurt his knee on April twelfth. Wow, it has not yeah, yet April been 12th. a calendar oh, you're year. Right. You're right. You're because right. the schedule, remember, had a lot more games left. Yeah. What didn't feel like it was at the end. Right. But now we're at a normal schedule. Right. And it's the end of the season. And you're going to try to. No, I'm with you. It makes Nikola Jokic said it himself. If you're not one hundred percent, don't come back. It's stupid. That's exactly what he said. He said, you're going to come back into the playoffs and be re-injured because you're pushing too hard. And that's the worst-case scenario. And whatever the best-case scenario is, if he came back, I don't think it matches up weight-wise with what the worst-case scenario is. Mm-hmm. I, I, ju- oh, I just no. don't think those no. two things are equal. And the argument of rushing him back is every year you are you have an MVP-caliber player in Nikola Jokic so that you're not making a real run, you're wasting it, right? And, and to an extent, I agree with that. Sure, sure. But... You know who made it clear that he's willing to take a gamble on quote-unquote wasting it? Your MVP, Nikola Jokic, who who understands Jamal Murray pretty well, who knows yeah, Jamal yeah. Murray pretty well, yeah. and literally made sure that after the other people kind of made talked him up, like he could come back, literally said, it's stupid. That's uh, all I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're fixing to find out. The next time we record this podcast, we could have new news. You just don't know. Um, but we have three games left in the season. The Nuggets currently 47 and 32 with 25 road victories. Just, just stunning. Uh, as of now, new they, franchise record, by the yeah, way, Yeah, new franchise record. Yep. They, they sit in the fifth seed, uh, and have a, a nice little cushion, uh, from that play in situation. And we still got to take care of a little business here, or if they don't got to hope some other things happen, I'm, I'm just expecting them to avoid that situation entirely. Um, and get some rest, and and we'll go from there. Sean, thank you for coming in here. Anytime. Mile High Hoops podcast guest. I absolutely love it. Uh, we'll do it again uh, at some point soon. But uh, right around the corner, we have uh, mentioned the uh, future opponents just moments ago. They have three games left, and it they are uh, uh, San Antonio at home, uh, Tuesday, April 5th, uh, Memphis at home, uh, April 7th, Thursday, and then Sunday, Lakers at home. So, Finish the season sleeping in their own bed. We'll see uh, how it all shakes out and can't wait to uh, break down all the pl- playoff scenarios here uh, within the next uh, week or so. Sean, thanks again for being here. Anytime. It was fun. All right, guys. And you know whatever happens on Tuesday evening against the San Antonio Spurs, we'll be talking about it the next day right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Mm-hmm.
Football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. 